the same thing you teach to the filmmakers here is the same thing you teach to project managers mm -hmm. and CEOs and basketball players or right movie. yeah once people see that they go oh my gosh that's my advantage yeah it's such an unbelievable advantage to have it's the whole thing it's all of communication welcome to you are storyteller an award-winning podcast produced in Seattle Washington by belief agency on this week's episode Brian McDonald and Jesse Bryan talk about how the principles of story structure apply to all areas of life, not just screenwriting and filmmaking. What we're going to talk about today is something that honestly kind of has surprised me that we even need to talk about. Because from the first time I was in class, it always made sense to me that all the stuff you're talking about applied to all communication. Mm -hmm. And for somebody who has more of a background in branding, it also made me go, well, everything Brian's talking about applies directly to great companies and great brands. Mm -hmm. And so today, um, and we've seen this before when we're talking to people and be like, well, you know that all of this applies to whether you're doing a speech, writing an email, right. building a brand. It's all the same rules. And people go, oh, I didn't catch that. Right. It's like, well, let's demystify it. Mm -hmm. So on today's episode, we're going to talk about how story structure applies to all communication, whether you're building a brand, sending an email, writing a speech. It's the same rules. And if you get this core piece that you're talking about, it will drastically change how you communicate with other people. Mm -hmm. And that's important because like we've talked about in other episodes, whoever tells the best story wins. Yeah. So if you want to win, <laughs> you know, and you know how to tell the true stories. So let's just do really quickly just to set this up, just because I know that we did this a long time ago. I also know that we haven't done this in a while because you've been under deadline. And so right, thanks yeah. for making time to do <laughs> yeah, this, sure, right? Because yeah. I know you have a book due in like three weeks or something. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so I also won't keep you here all night <laughs> asking questions. <laughs> so, but when we talked about armature, it was like, I think it was like our first episode. Can you give a high level on armature? Because we're going to, I think we're going to reference it a lot. Okay. Uh, so an armature is, um, is what your story is proving, right? So um, your armature is... Um, the other word for it is theme, right? So, um, and it's a sentence you can prove, right? So a lot of times people will say the theme of a movie is revenge or something like that, but that can't be an armature because you can't prove it, right? So so uh, you could say revenge is sweet, you could prove that or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, so, so yeah, it's the, the main idea is it's a simple sentence that's provable. Mm -hmm. And that the story is really the manifestation of of that armature. It is, it exists strictly to prove that armature, hmm. solely to prove that armature. Yep. People come at story from different ways. So they, if they like sword and sorcery or something, they'll get caught up in that world and think that'll pull them along. Hmm. And then um, you mean just like the the dragons and magic yeah whatever. right and they'll go that's there you know how how can you need more than that it's like well but even lord of the rings has more than that mm -hmm. right you yeah. know talking about what happens to people with power or what yeah. happens when you have absolute power right mm -hmm. uh and so um have something to say so it's all about having something to say which sounds easy yeah but most people don't have anything to say most people don't they just want to do they want to play in the sandbox they want to play in so if they like mm -hmm. robots they'll just throw a bunch of robots in their story or whatever and go there it's perfect yep people yeah. mistake style for content all the time all the time yeah yeah but did you see how it looked yeah but what what is that yeah but you got food poisoning from the salmon i don't care how good it looked <laughs> yeah. Right? yeah but yeah people mistake style for content and it's amazing because when you watch people fall for it you're like oh they don't even know that like it was a parlor trick yeah there's nothing holding it up that's exactly what it is it's hollow mm -hmm. it's a hollow thing yeah. Yeah. And when people talk about, oh man, I don't even know if we want to go here to derail this, but maybe, maybe it's worth it. When people talk about, we even now it's however many times you've said, I don't want to talk about new movies or like people always ask you, <laughs> when is he, when's Brian going to talk about movies in the last two years, last three years or yeah. whatever. Right. But mm -hmm. if you look at AFI's top 100 list, there's been one movie on that list since 2000. Mm hmm. Right. Right. And so when they're like, yeah, but what about 2018? That was the year of like hollow, 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 hollow. And if you don't know the difference, it's easy to confuse that. Right. right. Special effects. Right. Really great acting, whatever. Well, sometimes the topic 
I've noticed that people mm. are um, are seduced by the topic, like, but it happens to be about this subject that's very important. Yeah. Right. I was like, yeah, but the movie's not good. Yeah, but don't you think the subject is important? I was like, well, yeah. yes. I think it's so important that it deserves a good movie. <laughs> that's yeah, that's totally true. You know. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yeah. So that that act that often uh, works for people, or they think it does. But then I can't tell you how many times people will say that's a great movie, and then tell me that I don't know what I'm talking about. But then two years, three years later, no one is talking about this thing that everybody said yeah. was the second coming. Because people now just can't stop talking about Avatar. I mean, every time I turn around, <laughs> somebody's talking about Avatar, right? Yeah. Uh, so with that, it's like understanding, like, don't mistake style for content. It's the same problem that brands have. It's the same problem that, you know, most speeches have. Mm -hmm. Like, I want them, I, I'm hoping that the folks that are listening can see that all these things, when you talk about, you know, proposal, argument, conclusion, act one, act two, act three, armature, know what you're trying to say, be willing to go there, all of those things, it's not about screenwriting. No, it's not. It's not. Um, well, storytelling predates screenwriting by quite a ways, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. So, so uh, storytelling is, I mean... Beyond making you know grunts and things, it's uh, it's probably the earliest form of real communication is telling mm. stories to each other. Mm. Um, there was some I'm going to get it wrong because I don't remember the the numbers, but a huge amount of our speech is um, is gossip. Interesting. Yeah, uh, it's like a huge percentage. I can't remember what it is. I, yeah. Anyway, and uh, now some people are like well, but. We do other things, but apparently gossip is one of these things that we do. But gossip is just stories. Mm. And gossip is a way of knowing who's trustworthy and who isn't. Mm. And like there are, there, it actually serves a function. Yeah. Right? It, like everything, you can, it can go too far. It can, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we wouldn't do it as a society, as every culture wouldn't do it if it didn't have a function, right? Yeah. So it has a function. Um, there's that book, I think it's called The Storytelling Animal. Mm -hmm. And I remember one of the pieces, I'm pretty sure it was from that book where he said, the first human invention was the story because the problem was, I have something in my head I got in your head. I right, get in, in your, your head. head. Right. Right? Yeah. And it was like, I thought that was really interesting. Wheel, fire, nope. Y yeah. Right? Um, and that's important because you want to talk about survival information. Um, yeah. I mean, essentially what an armature is, is um, it's some piece of survival information. So a story, I think, I think that stories exist to help us survive, period. I get pushback on this. I got pushback on it not too long ago when I was speaking at a library. It's like, how can you say that? I think it's like, it, it's kind of like, think of stories like food. Mm. I think that stories and food are, food, the needs for food are pretty immediate when you need food. Mm -hmm. But if you're out in the woods and you don't have food, You'll probably try to think of a story about how to get food, <laughs> right? Yeah. Right? What have I? What have I seen? What have I read? What? What? What kind of shelter? Like stories are right next to uh, food, I think, in terms of what we need to survive. I think mm -hmm. they're right there, and and I think that's the reason that human beings do it. Now, that doesn't mean that people can't do it for other reasons, like the same way with food. We know what food is for. Yeah. Do we use food for other things? Sure, we do. Yeah. We use food. We use food to connect with people, right? Companion basically means person I eat with. Yeah. Right. So we use food for Is that, that. Really, companion means person I eat with. Yeah, Pretty person much. I break bread with. Oh, or person, Yeah. Right. So that's what it means. So so that's one way that we ritualize uh, eating, right? And we have ritualized stories, but at the at the core of it, it's all about survival. Hmm. Right. Even though we're eating together and that's a thing, the eating is all about us surviving. Right. Yeah. So um, so you can't eat for lots of reasons. You can eat because you're sad. You can eat because. Right. You yeah. can, there are lots of reasons you can eat. Yeah. But at the core of it, the reason that food exists is so we can survive. I think stories are exactly that way. And you would make different kind of food if you understood that. Right. Yeah, you would. Mm -hmm. And so um, so the any story worth telling has some pieces of survival information. Now, the survival information when you say that, people think automatically physical survival. So that's part of the confusion because there's all kinds of survival, right? Yeah. So you can, uh, there's social survival, talking about gossip again, there's social yeah. survival, right? There's um, 
emotional or spiritual survival. There's cultural survival. There's there's all kinds of survival. So um, people get hung up on that word and only think of it one way, and that's part of what hangs them up. Yeah. You know, um, or they'll think of some great piece of literature and think that there's no survival information in it. But if, if it's a great piece of literature, there is survival information in it. Yeah. They just don't want to see it yet. Mm-hmm. Sometimes people think because they can't see it, it must not be there. Hmm. And that's uh, that's a mistake. That, yeah. Think about how that parallels the rest of life. Yeah. There's no such thing as germs. <laughs> right. There's no such thing as the wind. Right. Like, whatever, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's no such thing as love. Yeah. It yeah. took a long time for people to believe in germs. Yeah. People used to laugh at doctors who wash their hands, surgeons who wash their hands. Not anymore. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> right? Yeah. And so when you look at that, you go like, okay, there's the armature, which is that 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 core theme um, that uh, the survival information that holds everything together and gives that focus. And, and your job is to prove that over the course of the story. And you right. prove it through three acts. You propose the survival information, you yeah. argue for it, and, and you have a conclusion. Right. Right? And by the end, Iron Giant. Right. You yeah. are who you choose to be would be the armature right. or the theme or the survival information. Right. And by the end, the gun has to make the choice is the Superman to be Superman or a Tomo. Right. Yeah, that's exactly right. Yeah. And so the funny thing about this is, is like, let's start with how you applied this to a speech, because I know that public speaking is a awful for people like, mm-hmm. didn't you say, I think one time you said like it was higher than like. Yeah. Seinfeld talks about it because yeah. there's some study that says that, uh, uh, that the number one fear for people is is public speaking. Number two is death. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But you know what's funny is I was given a speech at that thing you and I went to, mm-hmm. and you helped me structure it. Mm-hmm. And I told you I was so much less. My anxiety was so much lower. I only do like two speaking things a year because I hate it so much. Mm-hmm. But you're like, what are you talking about? That's stupid. Here and then, like you helped me. We structured it out, and all of a sudden, I didn't have to look at my notes because it was so well structured. Right. I knew my armature. I knew my proposal argument conclusion. All of a sudden, it was like, oh, okay. Right. And the anxiety also went away because it was so well structured. And because it was so logical, and I knew what I was trying to prove, I didn't even have to look at my notes. It was the first time that it ever happened. I was mm-hmm. like, afterward, the thing, I was like, man, Brian, that was the easiest speaking thing I ever did. And you were like, well, yeah, man, you, it was done right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so you were doing the EG conference. Mm-hmm. And you were speaking, and that's a big audience and a big stage. How did you take, uh, again, just to make sure this is really clear for people, like, how did you take all these principles that maybe they're thinking just applies to, to screenwriting, mm-hmm. and how did you apply that to your speech? Uh, well, there's a couple of things that I did. So, And people can go watch this now. Where would you find it? Uh, well, we should probably link to it. But oh, yeah. We can, you yeah, can, yeah, if you go to EG Conference uh, and put my name in, you'll find it. But um, so they they asked me to uh, they asked me to give a speech and they they wanted a new speech and they wanted me to um, they said a lot of people give speeches on projects they're working on things that aren't finished so I happen to be working on this book about my brother's murder sort of a, anyway about about how I found empathy for the person who. Uh, killed my brother because and brent's anniversary is coming up too it's coming up yeah and in the midst of that you're actually writing a book about it right now i'm writing a book right that's a lot yeah it's a lot so so uh and i was writing that book we're supposed to be writing it but didn't get around to it so 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 now now you're now now i'm good but i was supposed to be writing that book and and so i thought well okay i didn't expect to give that speech but they latched onto it when i said i was working on this piece they said oh you gotta you gotta that's the speech you have to give so uh, I thought, okay, what's the what's the proposal? So I I found my proposal, uh, which was um, the the way that I found empathy. I should say for my my brother's murderer was um, looking at his uh, the trajectory of his life and the things that had happened in his life that put him on that corner that that early that morning. Um, and all the systemic things that put him there and how a lot of those things were similar to my brother and my life. We just didn't end up, you know, on the other side of that gun. So, so I thought a lot about that and I thought, okay, so how do I prove this idea that, um, uh, because of racism and other things, it's like we are, racism is really living by the rules of dead people. 
So, so. Dude, that is so strong. How'd you come to that? When my, my father died, I went to my grandmother's grave because I went back to Missouri. Um, I hadn't been there for a long time. And I was close to my grandmother when I was a kid, but I had never seen her grave, so we went. And her grave was in the back of the cemetery. Um, my cousin was pointing it out, like, it's in the back. And she said, well, you know, all the black people are buried in the back here because um, uh, they couldn't be buried up front with Jim Crow and segregation. They had to be buried in the back. And I thought, and she, and, and that continues to be the case because people want to be buried next to their family members. So even though uh, that's no longer a rule in place, that's still what happens. So the black people are still in the back and the white people are still on the front of the cemetery, even if they just died. And, and I thought, well, this is interesting because all that's really happening is that they are living by the rules of dead people. And that's what racism is. And so when you found that truth, yeah, you're like, this is the foundation I'm going to build on. Yeah. And so then I had to, I had to prove, uh, I had to, what I then had to do is prove that this guy's life was being guided by these forces, some of which he had no control over. Um, and so, um, and so I, I proved that through my own experiences. Well, these are the experiences I had, right? So it was easy for me to understand his experiences based on my experiences. It was not so hard for me to see my brother and myself in him. Um, and I also knew that if my brother had been on the other end of that gun, I would have wanted people to understand that my brother was a little boy once hmm. and, and that he was a human being. And I would have wanted people to have empathy for him. And so I thought, well, if I would want that for my brother, I have to extend that to this person. So, uh, so I, I talked about things in my own life um, that, that... And that's your second act. Yes. So my first act is, you know, is, is uh, well, first I have an, um, um, I talk about what the proposal is. Then I have an out, a little bit of an outer boundaries, which is the outer boundaries is um, the biggest event. Right. In, in some ways, the the most um, not necessarily the biggest event, but, um, you know, you start Indiana Jones being chased by a boulder or whatever, yeah. you know, um, that tells you tonally where the thing is going to go. Yeah. Right. So I started um, I, I, I set up the proposal, the idea of, you know, with my grandmother, grandmother and everything. But then I I show the or talked about the murder, my brother's murder. Uh, because is that the curtain? No, that was, that was that, that's the, um, that's the, um, that's my outer boundaries. Got it. Got right. It. That's my outer boundaries. Um, and then, uh, then I talk about, then I get into the second act and go, okay, this is how this, um, this is how this guy ended up the way he ended up, mm. and this is how that parallels my life. And so that's where you're arguing your case. Yeah, yeah. And then I get to the end of it, and I and basically come around at the beginning and say, "We are living by the rules of dead people." Right. Yeah, so that's the last thing you say, right? Yeah, yeah. And so and the funny thing is, when you said that, there was another really amazing big entertainer that came up to you after your words and it was like man when you did that thing and you brought it back around and it's funny because you're like well yeah I yeah mean, it's i just structured it properly mm -hmm. but the reason it landed was because it was structured properly yeah you weren't just flying by the no as a matter okay. of fact as a matter of fact i had my powerpoint you know this right yeah i had my powerpoint all set up ready to go and backstage, we worked it out so I could see my notes, and I had my pic I had a lot of pictures, and I had my pictures, and I had my notes because I had these transitions I wanted to make and things I wanted to make sure I talked about. And so we did that all backstage, and I get on stage, and the monitor's different, and I can't see my notes at all. So I'm like, I don't have any notes. So I like I could see just a portion of them, and then they got cut off like by the monitor, so we didn't. I know now to check that monitor, <laughs> the one I'll be using. Here's some survival information. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Check the monitor. Check the monitor yeah, yeah. you'll uh -huh. be using. Uh -huh. And so I was um, flying by the seat of my pants out there and didn't have my notes. But the structure but was But the structure head. was there so I could do it. There was stuff I didn't say that I wanted to say, stuff I, you know, but 
but the structure was there and nobody knew the difference except me. Yeah. Yeah. But it was awesome because like you can feel it, like even just watching the video, like for folks, if they want to pause this and watch the video, this will make more sense. But like you can feel it at the end when you land and it's just funny because people would probably say something like, I love the ending of it. It's like the ending of it's the Billy Wilder thing, right? It's because your first act mm -hmm. is why it lands so hard. Yeah. And that was a, it went over extremely well. It went right? over very well, yeah. But what I, I thought was interesting is like when that was circulating at the time, people were like, man, I knew Brian was a good writer, but I didn't realize like he could, he was such a good public speaker. It's like, it's the same thing. <laughs> it's the same job. It's yeah. the same thing. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. And and we were just looking at a, a letter. You have a, a letter from Rod Serling, like an actual letter he wrote. Mm -hmm. And you read it and it's, and it's just a letter he's writing. <laughs> right. Somebody asked him like, like give me like a, a quote on writing and how it works or whatever. And you read the letter and you're like, this is perfectly structured. Yeah. And so you're making a movie. Mm-hmm. It's all the same stuff it's you've been teaching. Thing. Right now you're writing a book. I'm assuming your book is also following all the same. Yeah. Right? You yeah. do a speech. It's the same thing. proposal, argument, conclusion. Yeah. The book is just a longer version of that speech. It's just a more fleshed yeah. out, you know, more proof. Right. right. Um, that's all it is. And in fact, right after that speech, you and I helped a CEO write a speech. That's right. We met with a CEO who had a big speech. And what did we do? You just taught him story structure. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he was like, we, well, the first thing I think we did was help him find his armature, right? Right. And once he had his armature, we're like, cool, here's how stories work. And I think we were there like an hour. We weren't there very long. And then all of a sudden we get a text from one of his assistants at the big thing he was speaking at. And they're like, he's never looked so natural. And like the audience is loving this. And it's like, yeah, it's just story, it's just story structure. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, it, there's something about it. People... Um, dismiss it it sounds formulaic to them or it sounds like it's not going to work or something i don't know what they think i'm not sure exactly but the truth of the matter is yeah um it makes your stuff land better it gives you more confidence because you know where you're going and you know what you're talking about yeah. and you and again you don't have to refer to your notes as much or at all oh it's crazy or they right? might be I'm gone you. right it was crazy i used to be like have to constantly be because it was so structured it was like i didn't even have to think about it right we yeah. went out to coffee afterwards, and I was like, dude, that was crazy. I didn't even have to look at my notes. And mm -hmm. you're like, yeah, man. If yeah. Just... If you structure it right, you don't have to. Yeah. Because you know what you're saying, and you know why you're saying it. Yeah. Yeah. If it's just bullet points, I want to say this, then I want to say this, then I want to say this, then I want to say yes. this. Well, then you have to look at your notes. Yep. If you say, I'm only proving this. Yep. That's right? one thing. That also means that as you're speaking, something could occur to you. Right. Right? Yeah. And you know it'll be on theme or not. Right. And it's funny because we talk about advertising. Lee Cloud, there's a quote I have on the board in one of the other rooms where it says, like, every ad should only have one thing to say. Mm -hmm. And it's funny. It's when we say, like, all the best people say the same thing. So Lee Cloud is the guy. He, he did all of Apple's stuff. He's kind of a legend, right? But you go, like, well, when he talks about ads, it's like, well, what's the one thing you're trying to say? We would call that the armature proposal argument conclusion. Hitchcock, right? Mm-hmm. And I just think it's really interesting. It's all the same thinking. It always is. And man, once you see that, all of a sudden you go, man, people don't read my emails. Great. Guess what goes in the subject line? Your armature. Yeah. Proposal argument conclusion. Yeah. If you have four things to say, that's four different emails. Right. Right? Yeah. And all of a sudden you're like, man, people actually read my emails. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You structured it in a way people could read it. Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's funny. I get emails sometimes. It maybe has to do with dyslexia. But if people put too much information in the email- 100%. It's like, they're like, why didn't you show up at that thing? It's like, because you put 80 things in there. Yeah. I didn't know which thing I was supposed to pay attention to. to I, tell me what the thing is and where I'm supposed to be and what time and I'll be there. 100%. Don't, don't tell me 80 things. I had a meeting today that I missed mm -hmm. because I had sent this long email and she was like at 11 o'clock at this date. And then towards the end, she's like, and that's mountain time. And by the time I got to the bottom, I was like, okay, 11 o'clock, I put it in my calendar. And she's like, oh, I was, you know, we missed this meeting. I was like, oh, it's, it was so wordy. I'm like, I don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> right. I got a letter from Fred one time. And I was like, Brian, will you read this and tell me what it says? Yeah. And we remember that we were looking at it. I was like, I don't, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? And you can tell they're trying because you can, every now and again, you'll catch a line. Right. But the rest of it is like, I, what's the point? Right. Right? It's yeah. like, man, but when you know this stuff, all of a sudden people start to go, Boy, this guy's is this guy's uh, uh, proposal. Man, I read your proposal at work, and it man, it just like all of a sudden your proposal started getting approved. Why? We were at that one place, that big corporation. Uh -huh. and we were talking about structure, right? Yeah. 
And they're like, wait a second, I can apply this to like internal memos? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I can apply this to overall like like job proposals, you know, for like large projects and like all of a sudden the project manager started like, hold on, I want to take notes now, right? Yeah. And it was like, and then the manager's like, I can use this for speeches. They're like, I want to take notes. But when they thought it was an ethereal, like, well, I'm never, I'm not trying to write ET. Right. I got a business to run. It's like, yeah, it's the same thing. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's funny because from a, you talk about, like when we talk about survival information, the best brands, the best companies all have an armature. Mm-hmm. Right. Like if you look at Nike, Coach Bowerman always used to say, if you have a body, you're an athlete. Yeah. Right. The way that Dan Whiting contextualized, if you have a body, you're an athlete, was just do it. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. And so you have this internal, what we would call like the belief, the armature. And then you go like, great, this company exists to help more people believe that if they have a body, they're an athlete. And Mm -hmm. the more people that do that, that believe that, guess what those people are going to need? They're going to need shoes and soccer balls and right? right? Mm -hmm. And But there's a higher purpose than just the product. That's why you're no longer a commodity. Right. So... If you look at the brands that are winning, Patagonia, Everlane, right? If you look at these brands that are dominating the marketplace, they all have an armature. Yeah. And then they make sure the entire experience is proving that armature. Right. It's not just about the ad. It's about the entire customer experience. Once you find your center, your armature, now your job is to prove it through every interaction. The brands that do that are unstoppable. Yeah. If there's an Same inter- rules, Brian. It's yeah. the same rules. It's funny because this adhering to a single idea, it's yeah. amazing what uh-huh. it what it does. It gives you a, a kind of power. But like um, there, every now and then there's a restaurant. Um, uh, there's a few of them where where there's a there's a a sort of aesthetic. Maybe it feels like it's uh, from another time or something, right? And so you're like, wow, this is perfect. Like it'll be perfect. But the employees will play music from, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. From now. Yeah, and so it's, it's a French restaurant. They're yeah. playing like the Sex Pistols. Yeah, and it uh, like throws everything off, uh-huh. and it's like you're not adhering to the thing. You hundred yeah. percent. It's weird. It's like yep. no, this is you know the employees at places like that often think the music is for them, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. Right, exactly. And why do most scripts suck? Because they think the story's for them. Yep. Yeah. It's all the same. It's like if right now you're going, my brand isn't growing, mm-hmm. my speeches aren't working, no one's reading my emails. It's because you don't have an armature. You yeah. don't know what you're trying to say or you're not willing to stand for anything. Yeah. Because that's... it's like, if you know, the two rules you said, the two big things. Number one, people don't know what to say. Number two, they're not willing to go there. Mm-hmm. You know what brands aren't willing to do? A, they don't know what they're trying to say. And B, and B none of them are willing to go there because they're too scared. They are scared. And it's like people were flipping out over your speech because they couldn't believe you were talking about Brent. Mm-hmm. And you're like, yeah. what did you say? When when people are like, I can't believe you talked about your brother in that speech. You were like, that's my... It's my job. That's my job. They couldn't believe that I was able to be emotional, that I was okay being vulnerable. But I was like, well, that's my job. I, there, there's no way to do it and not do that. But people are afraid mm-hmm. to be vulnerable. Yeah, but like we talked about before, I think the future is about a race to vulnerability. Mm-hmm. The one thing we can beat machines at is being human beings. Yeah. And so I go like, you said that's my job. My mm-hmm. job is to be vulnerable and tell the truth. If you are a communicator, guess what your job is? Yeah. That's... Be vulnerable and tell the truth. Yeah. And boy, like I'm telling you, it's everything is so, it's all a mile wide and an inch deep. Mm-hmm. People yeah. mistake style for content. All the time. All the time. No one's saying anything. Then all of a sudden somebody will come out and like Patagonia will like shut down their website, right? Mm-hmm. In, in protest of, what's going on with the national parks and people and they everybody flips out it's like no that's not a they're not making a sacrifice they know who they are and because of that they know what to do right and then all these other brands are like we should do something similar right or right you know, coming is yeah. like uh other brands are like we we uh we also agree with patagonia it's like no 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 no, no. you don't get to do that right right but man like once people see this stuff that's why it's like we'll go talk to companies or ceos or whoever but then we'll also talk to photographers and filmmakers and we're always like the same thing you teach to the filmmakers here is the same thing you teach to project managers mm-hmm. and CEOs and basketball players or right. Movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you change any of that stuff? I don't change it at all. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But isn't that crazy? I, I just, I, I'm just saying like once people see that they go, Oh my gosh, that's my advantage. Yeah. It's such an unbelievable advantage to have to understand this stuff. Like when I give away your book, 
like when like business people and stuff, I'll be like, here's Brian's book. Every time he says screenplay in your head, take out the word screenplay and put in communication. And this is the best business book on communication you've ever read. And then they'll read and be like, dude, that was insane. Mm -hmm. But they were getting caught up in screenplay. Right. It's a funny thing. Um, uh, it's not like we don't mention dyslexia on this show ever, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh -huh. But it is a funny thing because you know that that there's a line. There's a dyslexics have a hard time um, categorizing. Dyslexics don't categorize very well. So meaning, um, it's easy for a dyslexic to see this is the same as this is the same as this is the same as this. Yeah. Um, but it's, Jobs, Jobs was like that. Right, right. Steve Jobs is just like that. So it's easy to see that because you don't have the same boxes. Other people can't help but put things in boxes. Mm. So you go, you can take what looks like a science fiction film and totally make it into a Western. But they were like, how did you, what? That's crazy because that's yeah. a science fiction. Like they, all they see is what's on the surface. Yeah. And I think all dyslexics see is what's beneath the surface. That's right. I think that's just, it's like, no, I don't even see the surface. I don't even, when people talk to me about genres, I've talked about it before, but I almost, I barely know what they mean. I mean, I know what they mean, but it actually has no importance. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, okay, they, they, they get around on horses instead of cards, but. Yeah. But what. Seven Samurai versus what? Magnificent, Magnificent Seven. Seven. You're right. You can, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, those are completely, they, they couldn't be well, further apart. And you're like, what are you talking about? Well, like the new Star Wars show, um, I haven't watched Mandalorian it. Or, Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Th that's Lone Wolf and Cub, right? Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a Japanese yeah. masterless samurai that runs around with his kid. The and... Road to Perdition is based on that too. Yeah. yeah. Right? So it's like, you know, it's like it doesn't matter. You can move that stuff around, yeah. but but dyslexics have an easier time seeing that stuff, and because of that, sometimes it's hard for me to understand why people can't like. Can't you see this is the same? Oh, dude, Brian, that's what happened. So I went to class, right, and I came back here, and I was like, I think I was telling Andrew, I was like, dude, like Brian was saying this, and it was like it applies to everything. And I remember when we first started circulating years ago, the your books are at the office and stuff. People and you know, project management, they're like, but I don't understand what this has to do with project management. I was like, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. This is how you manage a project. Right. Are you trying to get a team on board with the new thing that has to happen? Great. What's the armature? What's the proposal? What's your, like, and, and they're like, oh, and I'm like, yeah. Right. It's the whole thing. It's all of communication. Yeah. Effective communication. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like, well, let's just make everything just, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh man, this is the difference between most brands and legendary brands is, oh, they have an armature. Mm -hmm. And then they build the entire experiences around is all about proving the armature. Yeah. It just seems so great architecture. Yeah. What was that? You were on a trip and you went to like a, a famous church or something? I went to a famous church in uh, in um, Arkansas. Yeah. I don't remember the name of the church, yeah. but yeah. Uh, because it. I was with, I was speaking to a bunch of architects and industrial designers. But isn't that fun? And yeah, the fact that they're like we, they could see the same. Yeah, they were like, come talk to us and tell us. They wanted to know how to apply stories to what that they did. They did a lot of stuff with amusement parks and and so they were like, well, how do we how do we create a story for the experience for the you know the yeah. you know before people actually get to the dinosaurs? How do we make sure we tell the story of the dinosaur? Whatever it is. Yeah. So that's what they do. Uh, big company that does that. So they had me come speak at a retreat they had in Arkansas. And since they were all architects and industrial designers, they wanted to go see this trip. We went to a Frank Lloyd Wright house, which was oh, cool. cool. And we went to, and that was cool to yeah. talk to them about that because I had never been with a bunch of architects at a Frank Lloyd Wright house so I could ask them questions yeah. about what they saw that I couldn't see. Yeah. That was really fascinating. But there was also this church. And I at, when I'm with somebody who knows something I don't know, uh, we're, we're both looking at the church, but I'm standing next, next to this guy and I say, what is it that you're seeing that I'm not seeing? And he said, oh, well, you see the shape of this door? Oh, yeah. You see how it's mirrored here and mirrored here mm -hmm. and this arch here and this thing here and the doorknob here? And it's like, oh, it's one idea. It's one idea. It's one idea over and over again. And it's this big, famous yeah. architectural thing. And you're like, you know what they knew? They knew what they were trying to say. Yeah. Yeah. It, we always say, all the best people say the same things. We send things back and forth all the time where it'll be like, 
hey, check out what this writer said. Hey, check out what this architect said. Hey, check this mathematician. Yeah. Right? This business person. Oh. Yeah. They're all saying the same thing. Mm -hmm. Well, do you, what are you trying to say? What are you try What's the theme? Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, theme, variation of theme. Like, you know, it's yeah. all the same. It's always stuff. the same. We talked to musicians. I mean, you were on Dustin's show. Like, right? Yeah. And it's like, oh, if you're writing a song, well, why would why why would this if this is how communication works why would a brand be different why would architecture different why would no yeah you can apply it across the board well you know there's that film of the designer of Paul Rand oh yeah right somebody made a short film oh yeah where his a lot of his quotes are put together yeah it's, it's awesome. a really nice little we can link film. to that too yeah. yeah it's like five minutes or something yep. and I tweeted it out every now and, I watch it every now and then like mm. a couple times a year I'll watch it and um, because it's just craft stuff it's yeah. not i don't think of it as a design thing and I, I tweeted it out and somebody retweeted it saying something like hey brian mcdonald thinks that says that we should think more like designers or something as writers like i didn't say that but they were categorizing right right siloing it and yeah. That, yeah and i wasn't i was like no this is just good solid advice about how how to do your craft and mm -hmm. how to communicate and it's the same yeah it's not different it's you don't have to take a design principle and put it's all the same it's all the same they might use different words everyone's saying the same thing yeah read the old timers yeah right they're always like well it has to be simple and you right you know what i mean like oh okay yeah they always say that that's why it all works yeah that's why you walk through like a frank lloyd wright house and you're like gosh it feels so good in here why because it's all on theme right yeah he used to do all kinds of crazy things about like he you know he made sure that the uh, the roof tiles on a roof matched the environment around it. Like, oh, this from the trees around here, so it matches the color of the light. All integrated. Yeah, that's why it lasts. Yeah, don't mistake style for content. Yeah, right. Yeah, you don't even have to like Frank Lloyd Wright to underappreciate what he did. A hundred percent. You know, you'd be like, I don't like this sound. It's like walk through one of those houses <laughs> but I because mean, it's excellent right right yeah but i mean you literally could be like ah, i wouldn't want to live here or whatever that's yeah, okay totally but what he was doing you know that there's this church he he designed and i saw this a little bit in one of the houses i was in that he did he didn't like hallways he just like who wants to hang out in a hallway so he didn't he he made them very small now he was a short guy so uh, for for uh, average size people, I guess they're very small, but for, for him, maybe it wasn't as small. But anyway, he made them small on purpose. And there's this church he built. I saw this thing about this church he built where um, what he did is he made the entryway really small and narrow. And you go through this entryway and it's kind of a walk. And then you turn a corner and then it opens up into the church because he wanted you to have that breath and that yep. awe, right? And that's all designed. Like, he yep. was thinking, what will people think and feel when they walk through here? Yep. And I want them to have... So, so he was looking, he's like, what am I saying here? Well, this is a church. What are yep. churches for? What do people want when they come to a church, mm -hmm. right? He was... He wasn't just doing cool things. Yeah. What would be cool? Yeah. Right? So many people make decisions based on what they think would be cool. It's, Which is crazy because cool, what does cool mean? Cool, and it's a moving target. You can't yeah. ever find cool, and cool, what's cool this year is not cool next year. Yep. And, you know, yeah. Cool is a ridiculous thing to hang your hat on. Yeah. Yeah. It, 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 cool brings a lot of anxiety with it. It does. Whereas craft gets you out of trouble. Yeah. That's yeah, true. Man. And craft can be really cool. Craft can last, the coolness can last forever if you do your. Yeah. Yeah. The only, we've talked about this before, the only, when, when I'm talking, well, for myself, but also the other artists we work with, Brian, it's like the only thing I've ever found that helps with anxiety is craft. Mm -hmm. Like straight up. Like if you're anxious about, well, why are you really anxious? Well, I'm anxious, I, you know, that this will be a flop or whatever. It's like, great. The more you learn on how to do it the right way, it starts to go away. Yeah, it does. Because you start to go like, like I told you with that speech, as soon as it was properly, you, you formatted it. I was like. Oh, I'm not nervous anymore because this just makes sense. Right. I'm not guessing. Mm-hmm. Man, the guessing stuff is terrifying. Yeah. And that's... Sometimes... I hope this is cool. Yeah. Oh, dude, that's a scary spot to be in. Well, it's funny because occasionally we will run into this problem when we're making something for somebody else. Where yeah. Where they... Um, their response... They, they're guessing. So they mm -hmm. assume we're guessing. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, we're not guessing. This is craft. This works. 
So, you know what I mean? It's the same as Frank Lloyd Wright building the narrow um, hallway so that yeah. when you open up, you go, oh, my God, this is it's like it's craft. It's yeah. like that's the way that's going to work. Yeah. It's like, well, you think so, but I don't know. Maybe. We did that one thing. I would tell you, it always sounds like we're in the mob. We're like that guy. We saw that guy, guy about the thing. Had, yeah. We did that one thing where it opened and closed with a similar thing. Yeah. And the person was like, oh, I don't really like how it opens and closes with a similar thing. And, and we're like, yeah, that wasn't an accident. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Because you were like, remember what you said? You're like, yeah, but it, it means something different now. Right. You now see it in a different way because of what happened on the film. And it's like, yeah, I know, but I don't know. I say, I say cut the shot. And you're going, you... <laughs> it would be like going to the church and going like that archway. Yeah, I think it looks cool there, but all the other archways take them out. And you're like, why? <laughs> yeah. I don't really know if I like archways. Yeah. And you're like, what is your opinion? Yeah. What does you liking an archway have to do with the structure of the building? Right. You know, um, there's another really awesome, uh, another, there's an awesome uh, creative that runs a really big agency around here. And I remember he used to say to people, he's like, if if what you're talking about, if your feedback is something that has to do with making the work better, I'm open to it. If if it's your opinion, I don't want to hear it. Yeah. So if he's like, if, if you go like, well, I don't like the color purple. So, you know, yeah. it'd be like, that has nothing to do with anything. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. He's like, if you're just saying, you know, when I look at all these arches in this church, right, yeah. uh, I don't know, just lose those ones. And you go like, but you don't even know the purpose of the arch to begin with. You don't right. know what you're messing with. It's going to fall apart. Right. And then you end up cutting and messing with the film. And you go like, this is really what you want. And they go like, there we go. And then it goes out and it doesn't work. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, because structurally, you don't understand. You're pulling pillars out of a building. Y- yeah. Yeah. Nothing, it's because, yes, that's because a... people aren't used to precision. Right. So when something's precise, they think it's it's buckshot. Yeah. It's like, no, that's a load-bearing wall. You don't yes, want to remove that. exactly. Well, I don't like it right there. Well, it's like, yeah, there's certain things you could tweak, but like, you start pulling out of the load-bearing walls, it's opening and closing that. You open and closed your speech like that for a reason. Right. And the reason why the audience reacted the way in the third act, because I think you got to stand in ovation, right? Yeah. Uh, right? Like yes, it I was, did. Yeah. yeah. And you go like, it was because of all the, it was all the pillars you were setting. Mm-hmm. Then the building stands up. Yeah. Yeah. I yeah. It's oh. it's just craft. I didn't, you know, yeah. for me it was like I ain't do anything. I just that's just craft. Uh but people are the reason it works uh or the reason it seems to work differently than somebody else's speech. Yeah. is because they're not either they don't know craft or they're dismissing it uh, mm. on purpose. Often people dismiss it on purpose. Yeah. Oh, well that's so easy. Yeah. I don't know I don't know what they get out of throwing craft out away but people people um it maybe feels like cheating or or even more i think it has to do with ego yeah how can i own it if i'm doing something right because you often people because i'm the messenger people think i've made these things up yeah right and so it's like well i'd have to do it your way it's like it's not my way and you'd be like go read poetics yeah whatever (laughs) yeah go talk to hitchcock about it yeah it's not my way yeah yeah but man like brian it's crazy the difference is is that people look up to again just for the sake of because we're trying to get people to see like the open the aperture a bit it's like people look at certain brands and be like man how'd they do it they know who they were and they were willing to go there they had an armature Mm -hmm. and they're willing to go there yeah. It's like, I want all the results that a brand with conviction has without having any conviction. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right? And yeah. you're like, I want the results that Brian got in his speech without talking about some really hard things. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. It's like, I want a six pack of abs, right? Yeah. From the couch. Right. It's like, sure, we all do. <laughs> right, right. You know what I'm saying? But right. that's just not how it works. You know what? If it worked that way, no one would care about six-pack abs. That's the truth of it. Mm-hmm. If you could just take a pill, it, oh, for six months, yeah. it would be like, oh, man, that's the pill yeah. that does the thing. But pretty quickly, people go, it wouldn't be worth anything. And people don't understand that, like, when we're talking, like, when you're talking about structure and what this stuff, it's like, it's not a pill. Try to do it. Yeah. Try to do it. It's way harder. Yeah. When we say, like, yeah, get your armature, proposal, argument, conclusion, go nuts, here's the seven step, whatever, right? Right. 
And people are like, well, that's too simple. It's like, try to do it. Yeah. You know how much harder it is to be focused? It's really hard. And unfocused? It's really easy to just sit down and just pound stuff. Like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. To, yeah. To whom it may concern. <laughs> yeah. And you can tell. You read the email that's four pages deep and you go, this is the most... That's an easy email to write. Yeah. That letter, I wonder if we should post a picture of Rod's letter he wrote, right? Yeah, sure. You read it. It's the easiest. We're both dyslexic. Yeah. So a lot of times we're reading stuff and it will be like, hold on, what do they mean? It's like, you read Rod's letter, like, yep, got it. Yeah. yeah. It's the clarity he brought is so stinking hard. Yeah. I, I have a friend I was talking to yesterday and he was talking about a, a, a director. I, okay. How do I, again, this is like we're in the mob. Yeah, but he was talking about a director, um, and he was saying this director he's worked with um, stuff is always disjointed. So it's like I have some ideas for characters, and I have some ideas for scenes, and I have some ideas. And he was like, "Yeah, that's the way that guy works." I'm like, "Yeah, I can see that, <laughs> right?" People, because mm-hmm. he was saying, "Well, in the end, it comes together." I'm like, "No, it doesn't. I can totally see that that's the way he works. It doesn't come together." But he has enough flash and dazzle. Yeah, that people think it's working because mm-hmm. it's subst- it's a it's a, a style over substance. That's right. You know, um, yeah, it's amazing. It is amazing. It, that stuff is so much easier. Like yeah. it's funny. We'll be pining over like one word. Yeah, right. It's true. We're sitting here in an edit, and you're like, you and me, we're sitting. We're just be like, over one, over <laughs> one thing. Yeah, and I'm sure everybody else thinks we're going crazy. Yeah, but we're like, ah, do we need that? I don't know, dude. Let me think about it for a second. Like this, it's like it's not everything. We want everything, every frame, yeah, to matter, yeah, right. It's like we're trying to balance. Like you know, we need one more uh, grain of sand on this scale, and it'll yeah, balance, right? It's, right? it's it's that. Perci- it's precise. Yeah, it's precision. And the amount of getting rid of stuff. I remember we had all these really beautiful shots and stuff for this one thing we were doing, and you're like, cut it all, get rid of all of it, and it was like. Oh man, that's so true. But we'd spent so much time getting all that stuff. And you're like, dude, we don't want it. Yeah. You're like, dude, just get rid of it. And it made it so much better. Mm-hmm. But you're just like, there's so much tendency to just, oh, I know, but it's kind of cool. So why don't we, right? The, and you just get it bare bones, get all the fat off the thing. And you go, you're like, what do you think? I was like, dude, it's better. I know. It's just we spent so much time getting all that footage. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And brands do the same thing. They're like, oh, but that campaign, we really love the idea. And you're like, I know, but it has nothing to do with who you are and what you're about. Right. Yeah, I know, but everybody else said, but I know, I know, I know that might be true, but Nike did something like that. And you're like, what does that have to do with your brand? Well, like right? well, Gillette, right? When oh, they did yeah. their, their... Their toxic masculinity stuff. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Right? Because what went wrong with that? What went wrong is they were coming to, they were saying that they now stood for against toxic masculinity Mm -hmm. the problem is is the way it works is you have to well from a brand perspective you have to figure out who you are right the equivalent of your armature and then you need to make sure that it's true internally right and then you take the message externally so for instance when cvs um their belief their armature is that health is everything yeah so internally they go well if this is what we stand for where are the places we're missing the mark because everybody has stuff they can work sure. on. And they go, well, if we say health is everything, then we should stop selling cigarettes. Okay. So internally, they, they do that. Right. By the time they come out, they go, you know, we believe that health is everything. And now their brand has to prove that. Right. Right. That's how you get Brand Symphony, Daniel Pink, all this stuff. Right. right. Yeah. They go, so we believe health is everything. And what's inconsistent with that is selling cigarettes. So we're going to stop selling cigarettes and lose all this money we're making on cigarettes. And instead, we're going to open up these clinics. Mm-hmm. So when they, they launch the message consistency they launch the message and they change their actions to get alignment right right straight line gillette goes we're against toxic masculinity they do not get internal buy-in they go directly to the audience right and they the audience within seconds goes hey hold on a second you said you're against toxic masculinity right yeah yeah that's right that's what we stand for you have a pink tax a pink tax means you charge more on the products you make for women than you do for men yeah it dies immediately. Yeah. Now imagine if instead Gillette figured out who they were. Internally, they went, hey, if we're really no BS, actually believe this, then before we launch, we want to come out and apologize for the fact we've had a pink tax for the last 30 years or whatever. Right, yeah. And say that's never going to happen again because now what we really stand for is we stand against toxic masculinity and we have a new campaign to prove that along with the new promise that this won't ever happen again. Then all of a sudden, people go, oh, cool. Well, Does that make sense? 
that makes perfect sense. What's interesting too, though, I think you can go even deeper with the internal consistency, which is, I see this a lot of times when people talk about diversity. Mm. It's, but it's not the the people making the decisions about what diversity is are not a diverse group, right? How's that work? What right, I, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, how's that work? But that's what I mean. Yeah. So they decide what diversity looks like, mm-hmm. right? So that when I wrote that pilot, yeah, there was a a white lead, and they were like, "Well, white lead, you can't just like." But I'm a black guy, so so Straight the up, diversity. The comment was this: I read Brian's pilot. Um. I think it's really strong. But isn't Brian Black? I'm like, yeah. He was like, well, I'm surprised he's not, surprised he's writing a white lead character. It's like, what does, did you like the? (laughs) (laughs) Right, yeah, right. Right? Right. But I think what he was really saying was, well, he should write black characters because now I think it would, it'd be easier to sell a script. And it's like, wait, hold on. Did you read the script? Right. Well, but the thing is, I'm also diversity. The diversity doesn't have to necessarily be a picture on the screen, right? Yeah, but you said before what matters is what's in front of the camera right now, not what's behind, like, right. not who's behind the camera. Right. And so the other thing, Gillette, it, it's clear from their ad, there were not enough women in positions of authority to go, we don't, we're not consistent here. A hundred percent. You can yeah. see that because otherwise they would have stopped it. Yeah, they would have stopped it. They would have stopped it. And they'd probably be like, it's about stinking time. Yeah. We know this tactic's been going on forever, and it's about time we stop doing this. Right. So you can tell who was making decisions. Mm -hmm. So diversity and those kinds of things, it's not just about what's out front. It's what's behind, right? So they didn't have internal consistency on any level. Otherwise, that would have never happened. Yeah. It never would have happened. There's this really interesting uh, guy. I think it's Mark Sweezy. He's the in charge of insights for Salesforce. And what he talks about is like, there used to be like a fixed media landscape, which was like, well, you have to watch ABC or CBS or whatever. Right. Now we're like in an infant media landscape. And so it used to be the only thing that mattered for a brand was to have a message like, always oh, Coca-Cola. Right. Or, you know, Crest, four out of five doctors. And people are like, oh, I guess that's true because they said it. Whereas yeah. now they'll be like, Alexa, do four out of five doctors actually, <laughs> right? Or whatever. Like right. you can fact check stuff so quickly. The problem is brands still think, Oh, as long as I got a good message. <laughs> right. They don't understand that it's just like story structure. If you can't just have the message, there has to be a consistency. And this is what he talks about. You have to have consistency through the entire experience. It's not good enough just to have the armature in the first act. It has to be consistent throughout the entire film, throughout the entire speech. Yeah. It has to be proving the same point. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. It's almost like people used to think as long it this is what branding and marketing used to be. Well, as long as I have a good poster. That's all that matters. Right. It doesn't matter that the movie sucks. Right. Right? Yeah. And now, for the first time, companies have to go, oh, crap, I can't just have a good poster. I actually have to mean what I say. Yeah. And I have to work that through the entire process. It's like, yeah. Yeah. You're proposing something. Mm-hmm. But the next, the next three acts have nothing. The way you actually run your business or do, right? Yeah. Take care of your customers. Actually, has nothing to do with your armature. Right. That's why the film doesn't work. That's why the company doesn't work. Yeah. And people are finally to the point where they don't have to put up with that garbage. And I think it's awesome. It's pretty cool, yeah. And it's really cool, too. So I just think, man, Brian, like, it's such a cool thing once people can go, oh, wow, I can take all this stuff. And I, it's not only going to make me a better screenwriter. It'll make me a better communicator. It'll make me, uh, you know, my job is whatever, a student. It's like, hey, you're writing a paper? Yeah. Find your armature, proposal, argument, conclusion. Yep. Right? Uh, whatever you're doing, and it relieve, it, it takes away the anxiety, it's still stinking hard because right. it's really hard to be precise. Right. But at least you can rough it in quicker. Yeah. At least you can make better decisions. Yeah. Right? You can get there faster. Yeah, exactly. You know? And excuse me, the heavy lifting, I always say this, but you can do your heavy lifting at the beginning or you can do it at the end. And it's much harder at the end. Mm -hmm. So if you're like, I don't know what my armature is, you can spend a lot of time on that. I spend a lot of time sometimes trying to figure out what my armature is. But once I get that sentence, then everything else is is much smoother. Yeah, it's a much smoother process after that. I I told you we were just in your office talking about that interview I just had with Mm -hmm. that really awesome CEO. And I was telling him, and what's really cool, I was telling you, I was talking to the CEO who's just the best. 
And I was like, yeah, I understand what you're talking about, but we still don't have an armature. The way we talk, right? Yeah. It's like a CEO is like, yeah, you're right, man. I, you know, it's like, yeah, what is our armature? And then we started talking. As soon as we found the armature, he said this really amazing thing. And I was like, whoa, what? I'm like, that's incredible. It was an amazing mm-hmm. armature for their brand. Yeah. And I was like, that's it. That's the brand. And then I said, if that's your armature, can you think of a story that you've told before to bring that to life, to prove that? And he goes, yeah, sure. And he told me this story about a frozen lake. And I was like, okay, that's the spot. He's like, what do you mean? I was like, the story you just told, that's the commercial. Let's just shoot that. And he was like, okay. Yeah. But I came back to that. I was like, Brian, it was awesome. Because our conversation is, we're just talking about story structure. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was amazing. It was the easiest spot I've ever read, yeah. right? Because mm-hmm. it was all, we're all on the same page and we understood that it wasn't going to work until we were able to find the armature. And we spent the entire meeting trying to find the armature. As soon as we found it, it was done in 10 minutes. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But people And but here's the thing, it's not going to be it's not just the armature of the spot, Brian. It's the armature of the entire company. Right. And now we're going how do we make sure that everything in this company is consistent with improving this armature, mm-hmm. right? And the amazing thing is this company already does this stuff, but we can get even more focused. And it's already a beloved company, which right, is also sure. helpful because they're just great people. But sure. like now all of a sudden, it's like the focus they have, they're taking market share like crazy. And people probably think it's because of tactic. Cause it's not. Yeah. It's, it's because of truth. Right. When you know who you are, you know what to do. Right. right. And now all of a sudden this company has focus like crazy. It's why your pilot has focus. Mm-hmm. While we were sitting in your office, whatever, 30 minutes ago or whenever it was, I also got a text while we were talking from a friend of mine who just read your book. Mm-hmm. My buddy Ryan, because I'm sure Ryan is listening to this. Yeah. Right. And he just like, read Old Souls. Read right? Old Souls. Yeah. He read Old Souls. And he was like, man, tell, like, pretty much tell Brian that his, I read his book last night finally and it's incredible and it's just what I need. And it was awesome because there's a book, it's structured properly, it has something to say, it says it. And I mean, you probably didn't think today that it, about somebody reading your book. No. Right. And it's out there doing its job because it's focused. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And your ads can be like that, your speeches can be like that. Your thesis for college could be like that. Yeah. Your email to your colleagues could be like that. Man, once you understand the logic of how communication works, it drastically changes everything. Yeah. It, you, you hit your target uh, more precisely. Mm-hmm. You know, and people don't miss... Still the hard. Me- pe- yeah, but people don't miss that meeting when they get your email. That's right. Right, <laughs> right. They don't, and yeah. at least they can read it. Yeah, I sometimes have to send, I go, just tell me what you need me to know. Yeah. You know, I, sometimes people will say, uh, um, I'll go, oh, what's your name again? And they go, uh, it's Corinne, not Karen. I go, don't tell me it's not Karen. <laughs> because now in my head, I'm like, which one is it not? Yeah. Uh-huh. Tell me what it is. Just yeah. tell me what it is and back away. That's all, yep. you know what I mean? Know what you're trying to say. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and back away. Don't confuse me with a bunch of details that aren't helping. Oh, my goodness. Details. People love details, but they don't understand if it's a detail that's not pushing forward the armature, cut the detail. Yeah. Because all it does is it confuses people. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, but I think it's important they knew it was the sun went down at 445. Sometimes it is. Right. In the case of this story or this email, is it? No, because we're talking about when we're all getting together for the Christmas party. So I don't know why when the sun went down today, that has to be in the email. Did we talk right? about Capra's, about Lost Horizon? Dude, let's talk about it. I love Frank Capra. So Frank Capra made this movie, Lost Horizon, and uh, very proud of it, very happy with it. And they had a screening. It's not a comedy, but people thought the movie was ridiculous. And they were laughing at it, and it was like cause a lot of anxiety for Frank Capra so he walked he walked out into the lobby and nobody knew who he was nobody knows yeah. what the director looks like especially in the 30s nobody you know yeah, <laughs> right sure. you know so he walks out and uh, some guy comes out in the lobby and they're like man have you ever seen such a bad movie in your life and he's like you know it was just <laughs> awful yeah worst case scenario yeah. for the director and um and I don't know what made him come to this conclusion when he tells the story he doesn't really quite say but he goes I looked at the movie and it, he goes I now uh, a real is um they used to talk about movies in terms of reels when they talked about lengths, right? Yeah. So uh, a one-reeler was a 10-minute movie. Two-reeler was a 20-minute movie. What were the reels? Just so people, I mean. The reels of film, yeah. right? Yeah. So so uh, like, like, oh, it's a two-reeler. Right? It's a 20-minute movie, right? Whatever. So um, 
So he was talking about reels and he said, well, I looked at the movie and I, I decided to, to, I think it was the first reel or first two reels he threw away. He goes, from then on, people love the movie. And somebody said in an interview, they were like, well, what was in those first two reels? He goes, I don't even remember what was in them. It, but mm-hmm. for some reason, it was muddying up what he was trying to say. Yep. You got to cut it. And he cut it. He threw it away and he burned it, he said. <laughs> he bur- You're like, I don't yeah. need those. And it worked from then on out for people. That's what I'm saying, man. Yeah. It's like that thing we were making. You're like, dude, just cut all that stuff. It does. It does, doesn't have anything to do with it. It's just fluff. Yeah. And it was great because it also saves us time now. Mm-hmm. We don't have to go shoot all the cool stuff that everybody else shoots. Yeah. To try to look good. We're like, well, who cares? It has nothing to do with the story. It's not going in. Yeah. Let's be hyper-focused on what we actually need to prove this. Mm-hmm. And then you can all of a sudden, you can shoot stuff in a day that would take other people a week. Yeah. And that's how people with less money and less fancy gear and all this, which I I love, that's how you can compete against the people that have all the money and the status and bullshit. Yeah. Because as we talk about, pedigree is bullshit. The yeah. way you can compete and win is to tell a better story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I love that, man, because this is where you get to lower the bar. You get It's like, do the work no one else is willing to do. Yeah. All the stuff we're talking about is the four dummies stuff, and nobody wants to read that. Nobody wants to know the 101 stuff. Right. Because they're all trying to prove how smart they are. Right. Man, if you get this, it's game on. Right. Yeah. It's always like that. It's always... One of your... Dave... Our friend, uh-huh. who was one of your students. Uh-huh. Remember when he was up here and he was showing us a new spot? He just did that big spot. Yeah. I just he, saw that spot on TV. Did you really? Yeah. So Dave comes up here. He used to be, I believe. And he moves to LA. And Dave couldn't get into film school. He couldn't get into USC. He was trying to go to film school. And he's like, now, man, because I think he started here as like an intern and he worked his way up to a director. Mm-hmm. And now he, he came back and he was like, dude, it's funny. I met this big fancy studio or whatever. And I'm there with all these kids, that grad, all these young people that graduated from USC, and I'm teaching them structure. Mm-hmm. And it was so awesome to go, here's a guy that wasn't allowed in. Right. Right? Yep. He's here. You teach him this stuff. Now he's down there teaching other people, and he just got that big spot. And it's awesome. He did a great job. Yeah, he did. But it was so cool because it leveled the playing field. Did yeah. you go to film school? No. Me neither. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I'm constantly teaching my film school friends things. And I'm like, what did they teach you? I don't, why, you know what I mean? I think you get, sometimes you get to touch equipment I didn't get to touch. Or, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, but that stuff's mattering less and less now. Yeah. But it used to be, I felt the same way. I was like, I want to go there just to get a, just to hold the camera. Yeah. Right. But that doesn't matter anymore. It's just like, boy, this is the advantage. Yeah. And it's really cool. Mm-hmm. And it also allows you, um, and this is something we've talked about before. Like when we, when we first talked about, at least for me, when I first started talking about story structure here with folks, I think what they were worried about with story structure was that I was trying to say, you have to be like Brian or you have to be oh. like me or whatever. It's like, no, yeah. the whole point of this is just to help you be the best version of yourself to help you get hyper clear on what you want to say. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I think people go like, well, you know, I don't know how to do stuff like Brian. It's like, no, just take the principles yeah. and figure out what the survival information that you individually personally has to share. And you do that. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're not telling people to be Billy Wilder no. or Rod Serling. No. Right? No. You, you're not going to be. Right? You're not going to be. I mean, I don't mean you're not going to be because you're not good enough. You're not going to be because you're not them. Yeah. <laughs> right? You're never going to be them. So find out how they thought. Yeah. And apply the principles to what you do. Mm-hmm. That's all. You be you. Yeah. Really? Yeah. For real. That's that's a real thing. It's like Delilah's an editor here. Yeah. What she brings to the table as an editor, A, she already understands structure and stuff, which is great because she's your niece. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Which saves yeah. a lot of time. Yeah. But she's bringing her unique perspective through the lens of structure. Mm-hmm. That's where the magic at. It's not the structure that makes it magic. Right. What made that armature work with that CEO today I was talking to was the armature came from him. Right. Yeah. And then I said, can you tell me a story that dramatizes that? And he goes, oh, yeah, I used to tell the story all the time. And he told it. I was like, that's the spot we should make. Mm-hmm. It all came from them. Right. But the structure is just what helped us get out of his head what he was trying to say. Right. 
And now I guarantee you when we make that spot, it'll do really well. Mm-hmm. And I don't mean that from like execution, but, no. but I mean because there's so much conviction behind right, it. Right, sure. And then people will be like, how'd you come up with that? It's like, nobody came up with that. <laughs> right, yeah. We just helped them say what they were trying to say, and the structure is what allowed them to get out of – it's the tip of the tongue stuff. Oh, yeah, I guess that is what I've been trying to say. Right. Well, it's just like what you said, right, from that the book you were saying, like, how do I get what's in my head into yes, your head? exactly. Right. First human invention, yeah. Yeah, right. Look at that, full circle. See how that works? There you go. That was planned. <laughs> Structure. All right. So on this week's episode, we talked about how all the best people say the same things. It's all the same stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so if you're going back in the old episodes, if you were to re-listen to them, if you listen to them through that lens, um, I think it will help you figure out how to use them in your everyday life. Mm-hmm. And as we move forward and continue to like thin slice this stuff and talk about these things, just remember, it's not bound just to film, right? right? It's it's all of communication can your communication can benefit them from this and I, and I sincerely hope that's why we named it the armature of the show is you're a storyteller yeah right yeah because what we're trying to prove to people is survival it? information is you're a storyteller already you can do this yeah right take what's inside of you your survival information and put it out there yeah because we need more storytellers we right do. we do more good ones you better believe it <laughs> awesome thanks Brian yeah thanks. Thanks for watching You Are a Storyteller. If you have any questions, or if there's a storytelling topic you'd like us to cover, leave a comment below or email us at hello at beliefagency.com.